Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Space Jams podcast. I am, of course, your host, Jim Murphy, and of course, we have our co-host, Will Murphy, with us today, and we have a third person, a special guest uh, with us today, Conrad Jensen. Conrad, how you doing? Have we started yet? (laughs) (laughs) I'm great. I'm great. How are you? I'm fabulous. I'm fabulous. Will, how so, are you doing? It's nice to have you back after a week. Great to be back. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Happy to be here. We had our nice little hiatus there. We had a wonderful interview last week um, with a scientist from the Naval Research Laboratory, uh, Mike Stevens. He actually coached Will in baseball as a young man. Uh, Will as a young man, and also Mike Stevens as a younger man. But... Uh, <laughs> So it's great to have him on, and uh, but we're glad to have Will back, and we're glad to have uh, Conrad here, because today the subject is asteroid mining. But of course, before we get to asteroid mining, Will. Oh, we've got a little ground to cover. We do have a little ground to cover. Abdominal happenings in our local heliosphere. That is true. That is true. And the first thing on the agenda is uh, Jeanette Epps. Uh, Jeanette Epps is a NASA astronaut who has been uh, selected to be a part of the uh, Boeing Starliner crew in uh, 2022, I believe. And that'll be going up to the International Space Station. It's a NASA mission, um, but it's, in re- it's part of their commercial crew program. Uh, but that was announced last week, and she will be part of the crew. It'll be her, Sunita Williams, and... Casada, I want to say, yes, Josh Casada. That's his name. That's his name. Yeah. So that'll be exciting. That's coming up. But the commercial crew, the commercial space age continues, and we're all here for it. So they're going to the the ISS. Yeah, that's that's the plan. The uh, the uh, SpaceX is that what you said? Or no, it's uh, Boeing. Oh, yeah. Is that a common occurrence? Has that been done before? Is that new? Uh, I believe it's new. Boeing and Lockheed are part of ULA, um, but ULA oh. does not send people generally, but Boeing is creating the Starliner, and that's going to take people as part of the commercial crew program up to the International Space Station. So, wait, but the United Launch Alliance, they, they're not, not old hat, but they're, they're, they've been in the biz, right? Oh yeah, they well yeah they've been in the biz, but they're mostly payload delivery. They're okay. I don't think they're people at all actually. Well, that's cool. Yeah, first step. Yeah, at least for Boeing, it seems to be just a simple a Boeing alone. But yes, it's very 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 cool very modern. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Yep. Our next thing we got on here, personal favorite. Uh, we spent a good amount of time looking at this. It's kind of more mystical, more science fiction, um, but we're ready for it. Uh, and that's the announcement of a uh, Titan submarine from NASA that might be getting out of here and over there in 2030. And that's like super awesome. Will, I know you did a good amount of research on this. And, I did. I looked into this. And I think it's it's been... I don't know exactly where it came, why it came up again. Like it's been a proposal for some time. I think it's like 2013 or something like that. Um, but 
I guess there's been some, I'm not sure, again, I'm not sure why it came up again, but it's a cool idea. Uh, they're, they're talking about developing plans for uh, sending like a submarine to Titan to explore the, the ocean, um, which is, of course, not really a water ocean, but instead a, uh, like a methane, ethane ocean. Um, so yeah, there's a lot going on there. And uh, it sounds like the coolest thing ever. If we could get uh, a submarine floating around beneath the, the alien ocean of Titan, right? Taking pictures and videos, I would love to see something like that, right? We've, we've um, talked about probes and things on those on the moons and various other bodies and I think this would be really cool though. Yeah. Obviously. And one of the things when we were reading about the the goals of the mission was a couple things a lot of things where you the goals with the mission, you know, that has to benefit more than just the mission. So, you know, this would help uh, automated uh what is it, submersibles um and this would also uh, give us a look into possibly the origins of life uh, in Titan under, you know, under its under uh, crust ocean. And the best thing, I think, the most inspiring thing from this proposal was they want to, in they want to inspire young people and uh, educators and students to, you know, they want to get people excited about having a submersible exploring a unknown world. Um, and that that's very space that's very much a space chams ideal you know you know getting people excited getting getting p young people in the mood for space yeah i thought um i thought it was actually really interesting how i i, I read an article on nasa nasa website nasa.gov and uh it sounded honestly like it, like the abstract to like a scientific paper that they had like release to the public their proposal to, I don't know, some higher ups, right? And I'm not sure if that's what it was, but it read like that kind of, and they listed their goals. And like you said, it sounds like they put it, they could explore any, any, any of these areas just independently without having a mission to pursue, right? They could just work on making submersibles that would work on other planets, but instead they're suggesting this mission as kind of like a vehicle for that goal. And I thought that was kind of interesting. Like they, they, one of the things they think this mission has going for it is that it would like, that would be like piggybacked onto it. That other goal they have would kind of be wrapped up in this. And then, yeah, I really liked that line um, about inspiring students and, and educators. I thought that was, that was very space jams of them. Yeah, it's fantastic stuff. Hope it happens. Conrad, any, oh, yeah. any input, Conrad? Uh, I th what planet are they planning on going to? They're planning on going to the moon, one of Saturn's moon, Titan. Okay. Yeah. Um, I believe that the oceans on Titan are quite possibly have uh, extraterrestrial life, or at least we believe that, uh, because there is evidence of undersea vents that are from, um, similar to the vents where we suspect life started on Earth. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about that a little while back because we went into Titan a little bit. Um, yeah, a little bit of chemo, chemo synthesis. Some good stuff. Some good stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's exciting.
the possible search for life, um, submarines on other planets. Uh, it's all great. It's all great. Well, talking about uh, some goals and some uh, ways that we can explore this grand solar system of ours. Let's get into our, our main, our main course of this fantastic episode that is asteroid mining. And luckily today we have a good friend of ours who happens to know a little bit more about this than Will and I do. Um, but you flatter me. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we brought him in. Conrad, t t tell us a little bit about uh, yourself, a little bit of a little, what, what you got going on and then give us a little intro to asteroid mining. All right. Uh, so my name's Conrad, obviously. Uh, I'm a undergrad student at Vanderbilt studying electrical engineering. And I took the year off to work at an asteroid mining company, which is a startup called TransAstra. Um, and what do you mean by like intro to asteroid mining? Just like go for it? Like tell me, like what is, like what's the, like, if you had to give a definition for asteroid mining. Okay, so a definition for asteroid mining would be the we need to start with some definitions. So meteors and asteroids are probably common terms people have heard. Uh, meteors are asteroids that have crashed on a planet or a body. And in the process of crashing, they now change name to meteor. And asteroids are uh, just rocks in space, basically, or more piles of dust loosely held together. Um, and the mining aspect is we have evidence that there is precious metals and unprecious metals, just metals in general, uh, and other elements that we find helpful, <laughs> like uh, water and carbon for manufacturing. So we wanna get those out, extract them uh, using to be invented processes. So Fantastic. basically we need to, get the yummy yummy out <laughs> <laughs> yes as we always do uh with anything we do mm -hmm. yes um the nougat the the nougat the, <laughs> the center of the asteroid out yes. the yes. center. now uh you said there's um uh, how did you put this uh valuable and not so valuable um metals in well, asteroids. okay, so by the only way we can assign something value is on Earth, basically. Or the, excuse me, the way we assign value on Earth is based off of rarity. But when you're up in space, everything is pretty much rare because you're in a vacuum and you can't breathe and it sucks, right? So if you can get some iron, <laughs> iron and gold, if they come in the same quantity, then their iron is more valuable, I'd say, because you can build more useful things out of it. So it really depends where you are. Yeah, well, where we are um, could be several different types of asteroids, uh, which there are, which there are, there are three, I believe. Yeah. Uh, those three being uh, C-type asteroids. Actually, actually, not to, I mean, oh. I think there are like many, many different types. 
I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure they're not, not that doesn't make sense. I'm not certain, but I'm, I'm, I think there are many, many different types, but the, these are the three kind of main ones that they're prospecting kind of for they're useful to us these purposes good point way to way to keep me honest will i'm gonna slap myself later on i'm sorry that's true that's true i'll slap him yeah thank you thank you all uh please comment slap uh yourself jim uh on my next (laughs) post on instagram please um yeah but let's get through these types of asteroids so we can figure out what's valuable and what's a little not so valuable who are the bad boys of the asteroid world who are the you know, the, the, the nerds of the asteroid world and who are the, who are the duds of the asteroid world? That, that's really what we want to get into. And um, I guess the duds, the duds, like oh. those S types, absolute duds. Oh. I'm going to start with my personal favorite, which is the C type asteroids, which contain like water, um, hydrogen, ammonia, things that could be used for propulsion, which is like, uh, you know, a huge part of the battle when you're that far away from earth is, you know, different ways to get either fuel or a propellant and things like that. That's like what a C type asteroid is all about. And I think that's huge. Why are they called C type? Uh, it's cause they're like carbonaceous in, in a way. Okay. Sounds like a soft drink. <laughs> exactly. like a LaCroix. soda pop. Like a LaCroix. Yeah. Which we're not sponsored by. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I, I may have, I may have not heard you say this, but do, what, what do they have on them? Like, what are they useful for? They're useful for like, they have on them. They have like carbon, like frozen water, ice, obviously, but they have hydrogen, ammonia, and different things that could be used for fuel or propellant for, for, for possible um, probes or things like that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but that's the, my go. These are the juicy ones. Yeah, that the, the volatiles. Juicy. Yeah, the volatiles. Yeah, C types. The next. All right, one. on to the next one. S types. Take it S. away. Take it away. All right, you know, no one else is going to stick up for S types, so I think I'm going to stick up for S types. All right, um, S types, uh, and I, I admit I don't I don't know what the the S stands for. S types. Stony. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, that's fun. That's kind of more simpler, simpler than carbonaceous. But anyway, S-types um, have, I believe, less water and less kind of organic compounds and elements uh, on them, but they have more metal than the carbonaceous, the C-type asteroids. Uh, metals including like iron, cobalt, um, some precious metals, I think, small amounts of like gold, platinum um but yeah so they're they're kind of i I believe c type are the most common type of asteroid but s type come in as the second most common um and these are kind of the salt of the earth asteroids (laughs) they got like your standard metals in them yeah i think i think they're important Right, you guys are going to make your claims, I guess, about why they're not cool. But I think they're important because they both have they have useful resources like like iron, right? Um, as Conrad said, it might be more valuable than gold in space. Uh, and I'm going to bet there, even though some types may have more metal on them, I think more metal is to be found 
this is just my hypothesis, more metals probably to be found in the more numerous um, S-type asteroids than the M-type asteroids. I'll let Conrad explain oh, that, I guess. Explain what? The M-type. Oh, sure. Um, so the M-types are the, the posh kids. They got the, the rollies. They're, <laughs> they're, <laughs> uh, they're made of uh, more precious metals, platinum, gold, silver. Um, and they are some of the most valuable objects in the universe. Well, sorry, in our solar system. Um, isn't there one, Jim? Psyche? Yeah, Psyche 16 is, it's like the one everyone looks to when they think about asteroids. It's the largest metal object in our solar system and it's a part of the asteroid belt. Um, people are excited about it because they believe there could be a ton of platinum on it, a ton of gold. Um, they also believe it could be the first fully metal object we land on in space. So that's kind of another thing they're excited about. But when it comes to the precious metals, um, it's kind of why we, um, this episode is named Who Wants to Be a Trillionaire? Uh, because they believe the first person to really take advantage of uh, any asteroid, but space resources will be the trillionaire. And there was like a rumor going around that there was enough gold on Psyche to make everyone on Earth a billionaire. Um, and that's been like disproven, but that, that gets everyone excited. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, Are we sure that Psyche is not just like an alien spaceship or something? Yeah, it could be. I mean, okay. You ever seen Star Trek? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who hasn't seen Star Trek? It's fantastic. Yeah. Hey, I'm actually thinking about the movie. Oh, uh, well, Please Joe, Joe, TNG. Show. I'm a I'm a TNG guy. Okay, so. all right. I can I can respect that. Yeah, I I got a yeah. I'm a TNG guy. It's I like it all actually. TNG is that's Patrick Stewart, isn't it? Oh yes. yeah. Oh yes. His stern his stern <laughs> command really gets me going. Um, <laughs> personally, uh yeah. So if you don't understand what I'm talking about, uh, go watch yourself some Star Trek The Next Generation and get yourself some Patrick Stewart in your life, okay? <laughs> but we, we, we digress. We digress. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, one of the big things, though, when people talk about asteroid mining and, you know, gold and silver and platinum and even, you know, the, the different types of metals and all the stuff in space is who owns it? And that's a big problem for several companies and institutions and countries that are thinking about getting into asteroid mining. And the big legislation that you kind of got to get around uh, as a as a Earth is the Outer Space Treaty and the Moon Agreement. Uh, these are like two treaties, but they're, they're really international law kind of. And they basically say no one can lay claim to the moon and no one can lay claim to things and materials in outer space but as we get closer to being able to take advantage of resources in space i think this will change and countries will go around it uh, in 2015 i believe the uh, united states uh made a they made a um it was either an executive order or a, like a new a new 
law saying that they could take advantage of resources in outer space. And that's been also a big development in the uh, like commercial space program and everything. Um, so countries are kind of moving past this. And the, really the reason these things were made is because they didn't want anyone to be setting up bases, like military bases on the moon. And they didn't want people to be putting weapons in, the, in, the, in orbit. Uh, they didn't want weapons of mass destruction in space and things like that. So that's really what it's all about. But it's still something you got to think about when you're, when you're getting uh, ready to take stuff out of space and sell it. To people. As, as, as far as like who owns what in space, I think we should go by like seat saving rules. So <laughs> if you get there first, it's yours. Yeah, I mean, that's you have to You have to say some words there, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> The, so these, these laws, they're like, they're Cold War relics. Yeah, they're a little bit. I mean, the Outer Space Treaty is 1972, and the Moon Agreement was 1979, I want to say. So, yes, I mean, people were mostly afraid of, you know, that was like the world's going to end every other day. You know, we're getting Nukes under yeah, in we're, space. <laughs> we're getting under desks to prepare to be, you know, because that will shield us from a nuclear blast. Uh, mm. Yeah, so it, it's this kind of thought process. Yeah, so I think we're, we're moving past that. I just watched a video that said uh, there's like a propaganda, an American propaganda film that told people to paint their houses and keep them clean because it'll help prevent fires in oh the case gosh. of a nuclear strike. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's unbelievable. I mean, um, just keep your house clean because it's yeah. nice, maybe? That, that makes no, it's like no. It's because the commies are going to burn it down. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> keep your house clean. If it's dirty. Clean. If it's keep dirty. it clean for America. <laughs> yeah. um, absurd. Space law. I got to say, space law, it's not the most interesting topic to me. I don't get it. I, I, it, it feels a little bit like... I don't know who, who, I guess a law that means anything is just whatever law we all agree on, right? So I, you can take that point of view, but I feel like what, what right does anyone have to tell anyone they can't just, you know, go somewhere in space and I don't know, it's, it feels a little like the moon and like putting weapons in, in orbit, I get that, but just going and claiming something in space, if you have the, if you, I don't know if Elon Musk feels like doing it. I'm not sure why someone should be able to tell him he can't. In that, well, there, that's there, all. That's all well and good, Will. But okay, that's all well and good until somebody space sues you. What are you gonna do? Get a space oh, lawyer? Yes. <laughs> space suing. Yeah, I'm sure space space court. I disagree, Will. I think that it's important that we flesh these things out now because when you watch Star Trek or you watch. Star Wars or you read Dune or anything like that, you run into situations where people are interacting with people in space and there needs to be, there needs to be a framework that people can cooperate through. Uh, okay. And I think we need to lay that groundwork now uh, and treat it very similar to Earth. Like maritime law. Yeah, like maritime law. Okay. Um, but I believe, yeah, exploration get there first you can use it but also you know that will change as we explore more yeah um, so i think that is more and i think it's super interesting i think space law is super cool but that's because i also believe it's in its infancy i mean international law is 
international law is not very powerful. It's basically compliance, and this will be the same for space law. Um, and a lot of it is, you know, a lot of people follow international laws because they benefit them. Um, and I think it's going to be the same in outer space. I'd say that's a good wager. Hopefully. Yeah. 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 So who will have to be following these laws? What a, what a great, what a great question. God, I am. Mr. Musk. I am a fantastic Mr. Musk. Yeah. Bezos, who's in second place. Ooh. Yeah, I said Good for it. him. Yeah, he needs, to, he needs to get off his high horse and start working. He says it's not a race. I do this all the time. But he says it's not a race because he's losing. He's losing. All <laughs> what right? is Amazon? I've never heard of it. Yeah, I've never heard of it. Yeah, I'm just getting a desk from there, you know, deliver tomorrow. And I ordered yeah. it. <laughs> I ordered it a minute ago. Um, but yeah, but the other people who will have to be listening to these laws are these companies and these countries and things like that. And Conrad, if I'm not mistaken, you are affiliated with one of these companies. Yes, I am. Mm. Transastra. Ooh, tell us a little about it. Uh, so our goal is to mine water in space, basically. Mm. And we think that water will be the most valuable resource in space uh, because it can be used as a propellant, because you can uh, perform electrolysis on it to get hydrogen and oxygen if you want to use uh, traditional rocket engines like LOX. Um, and you can also drink it, which is kind of cool. That's good. That is good. And, yeah. And we're going to be using uh, optical technology. So focusing, instead of converting um, light to electricity, then heating water with uh, heating coils, we're going to be uh, collecting and focusing light uh, straight from the sun to heat uh, asteroids to extract water and to heat the water to use as propellant. That's awesome. But that's another reason why I said I love my C-type asteroids, you know, that water. I think yeah. that's like, and you'd think everyone probably on here, you know, I'm a fan of Virgin Galactic. I love, you know, the Saturn V. I love the Apollo. Everyone probably thought that I would be a gold platinum guy, but no, <laughs> I'm, a water, I'm a water guy. I'm a water guy because I think that is, you know, I think that's the sexier part is the continued exploration, not necessarily like bringing gold back home. Like I'm not in it just to bring gold back home or, you know, that's, that's not what I'm about. Uh, but yeah, so yeah. Trans, trans Astros, super cool. Um, I love the idea. And it's awesome that you, you know, have the opportunity to like work there a little bit. Yeah, I'm having a lot of fun. And uh, what's really powerful about, collecting water in space is that it makes it more efficient or you don't have to bring as much fuel up with you. So if you're going to try to get one of these M type asteroids back, uh, well extract the resources and then come back home, you have to bring all the fuel with you or all the propellant with you that you're going to use for the entire journey. And not to mention you're getting heavier after you get the asteroid. So being able to refuel in space makes it, so much more efficient and so much more cost effective because you only need to bring enough fuel to get to the uh, refueling station and then you can go from there. Yeah, and this isn't like the Apollo missions where we were given it all the money we had to get us to the moon for not a lot, 
monetary, not a lot of monetary return. This is, we're going for as little as we can to, while still staying safe and effective, but also trying to bring back as much as we can um, to make it worthwhile. And that's, that's the commercial sector, you know, that's the private sector. Yes. Yeah. I feel like it's all about in a funny, maybe oversimplified way. It's like the, the moon landing and all previous missions are like proof of concept. We can do it. And then now, now it comes time to do it profitably, not necessarily profitably in terms of money, but like efficiently in terms of money and resources and with, you know, more than just we, we went to the moon. I think you're hundred percent right. Will. uh, I think the, even if it was like a political rivalry and there's lots of tension and bad ill will, I think the space race put us ahead like at least 20 years, maybe a hundred years in terms of space exploration. Yeah. I mean, we're the only people, I mean, we're the only country to ever have anyone on the moon. Like, no, no, I meant humans. Yeah, humans. Humans, humans, but America too, I think. The only country to what? We're the only country to ever have, have a, to have humans step on the moon. They've all been. No, no, no. I'm pretty sure the Russia, China, at least those countries have, no? Nope. Oh, wow. Yep. Proud. American and proud. <laughs> no yeah. kidding. That's amazing. Think, uh, but, Will, what you were talking about there, proof, it's proof that we can do it. I think, yes, proof that we can send a rocket up and we can maneuver a capsule and get a lander and get it back off. Those things are awesome. Uh, but when it comes to asteroid mining, there's other things that we have to prove we can do. And right now, I think we're in that stage. So we're in like the Gemini, the Mercury stage, um, where we're working on the, our maneuverability of these probes and things that we're going to send to get rid to, to harvest these asteroids or mine from these asteroids. And that's kind of what the next uh, company we're going to talk about, like Deep Space Industries, is working on. And they want to make it more affordable. Um, but right now, them, uh, NASA, they're very much in like the, the beginning phases of this where they, they need to get the technology up to speed and make sure it really functions before they can, you know, metaphorically land on the moon, um, which would be harvesting an asteroid and things like that. Uh, but yeah, I think we're, we're getting there, but we're still in the, the early stages of it. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Um, making things affordable is a buzzword in this industry because like on earth, we have a bunch of infrastructure that's centered around uh, making rockets, or at least we can use the infrastructure to make rockets. But in space, we don't have anything. So, I mean, we have the ISS, but that's for research, not for uh, manufacturing. So if we can create infrastructure in space, it'll reduce everything the cost of everything so much and it'll make uh, asteroid mining for these precious resources uh, economical. Yeah. I think along that line, this is kind of a little bit of its own tangent, but there was a lot of people in during the space race, during, you know, the Mercury, the Gemini, the Apollo missions that said, why are we doing this when we have problems right here on earth? Why are we doing this when, you know, people don't have enough food, um, you know, infrastructure in our own country wasn't great and things like that well what if the world says this they say why are we building infrastructure 
outside the world when our infrastructure isn't perfect. And I think my answer to them like preemptively would be that when we do this, it will help everyone. Like it will help, it will benefit the, the earth. It will benefit humankind. And that's kind of one of the things actually that's stated in the outer space treaty to go to space. You have to have the human, the benefit to all humankind in mind. And so that, that would be my kind that's of really in there. Yes. Wow. For people saying that we shouldn't be spending money on this and we should be spending money on like funding other infrastructure projects. I say we shouldn't be spending as much money on the military and we should be using that money to <laughs> use, do infrastructure projects, but. Hot take, hot take. I say that the, a lot of the funding that goes in the military does a lot of things. Oh, absolutely. Similar that like NASA and these other companies do. They, they, they're technologically, they're, te they're, they're advancing technology and things like that, but I can see how. Well, the, there's a limit to how many tanks we need. <laughs> well, I'm assuming by the name, forgive me if I'm wrong, but the Naval Research Laboratory, right? Very cool. I'm, I'm, I'm betting they get that they're part of the Navy, if I'm not mistaken. Well, right? they're, they're like, uh, they were part of the space race. They were developing like, stuff. Yeah, they're really cool. Hmm. Yeah, but good point, Will. Yeah. Um, not that, I mean, I, I don't have a huge, well-developed opinion on military spending versus, but like, you know, for the, sure there, there's overlap somewhere. Yeah. For the record, I'm not anti-military. I just think <laughs> like just spare a couple percentage, like half fractional percentage uh, of the GDP for the space program. Would no, be nice. I can get behind that for sure. I can get behind that. Um, yeah. Uh, so like NASA is obviously also involved in this in asteroid mining and stuff like that. They have their own kind of funding that is looking into research, uh, specifically with the NASA Institutes for Advanced Concepts and their robotic asteroid uh, prospector project. It's like this is like their way of looking into asteroid mining and stuff. And they're looking into uh, like different asteroids like Ceres and um, Vesti, uh, stuff like that. They're looking into, they, they want to scout them first, kind of like, or like orbit them and kind of figure out what they're all about. But NASA's involved. Um, and then my personal favorite, which I think is hilarious, is a country that is trying to be the forefront of asteroid mining. Hold that thought. Oh. So more about NASA. In my, in my research, I actually came across something that's ongoing, like happening out developing. Um, there's a mission called OSIRIS-REx. Um, and it is, I, I don't know what exactly you would call it, um, like a probe, not a satellite, but it's, it's, a, it's a spacecraft traveling to uh, the asteroid Bennu, I'm, I've read, uh, which is a, a C-type asteroid, right? Um, and it's actually, like as I was looking, I was seeing the dates were getting closer and closer to like now. And it's actually, it just recently, like I think in June, mid-June, it did its final kind of like rehearsal of its, its intentioned uh, sampling of the, of the asteroid. So in October, supposedly, the mission's supposed to occur, where it's going to touch, touch the surface of the asteroid and uh, take a sample and bring it back to Earth. Really? So it's supposed to get back to Earth, I think in like 2023, maybe. Uh, wow. 
2021. I don't really know. I think it might be really far away, so it could be 2023. Um, but yeah, so there's a bunch of cool stuff about this mission. Um, one of which is that the asteroid Bennu is actually, um, it's supposed to, supposedly it has a high, a high probability of colliding with Earth in um, quote unquote the, the late <laughs> second century. And so they're looking into this, they happen to be looking into that asteroid, right? I don't know, maybe it's an Armageddon situation, like the movie, not the biblical concept or whatever. Um, but so an asteroid that may or may not be on a collision course with Earth in the next couple hundred years. And uh, of course, it's one of these C-type asteroids. Their, their goals are stated as, you know, finding out more about, they think it could hold information about like the beginning of our solar system because it's, it's, so untouched by like it's not being altered by atmosphere it gets hit by gets hit by stuff but like it's uh it's just floating out there and they're gonna they're gonna explore it i think it's really cool that is awesome i did not i i couldn't i didn't find anything on that's sweet that would be yeah. huge can you imagine right now i was super excited think while you're saying that i was super excited about nasa showing us a picture of the of the of the couple like glass of water that 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 was ice that they would have brought back like from that asteroid and i'm like oh thinking like space <laughs> water and i'm like i got so excited about that and that's not exciting for anyone else but i would think okay. so great um real real talk real important question would you drink it no depends what, what depends what's in there would it uh, they I, shouldn't let me I, near it I'm, don't, I'm already I'm a little skeeved out about them bringing it back. No, I'm sure no questions asked will not be the policy, but like bringing it back better be pretty careful. I don't care where it's coming from. If it's, if it's foreign to earth and pretend like, I don't know, I'm not down. You, I'm not you're worried down. about a Andromeda strain scenario I'm here. Worried, period. <laughs> I'm not worried about anything. I can't think of anything to worry about. I just am. Okay. So. Okay. Maybe. For me, <laughs> I'm thinking the thing that first came to mind was they were looking into a way that they could shield the radiation uh, for long journeys in space. And one of the ways they would do that is circulate water on the exterior, like in, in interior exterior of the spacecraft. And it was because the water absorbs radiation like pretty heavily. I believe, and that would be my yeah, first thing. A good buffer. Yeah, so that would be my first thing. Would that water be like highly irradiated, or like, or what? I would well, actually, fun, fun little, 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 little tangent. Um, in a class I was in in my my first year, uh, college, um, we were we were tasked with uh, designing a space colony, and one of the ideas, like people think lead, you know, lead's a good radiation shield. But actually, like the most viable, this, I can't really take my word for this, but the, 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 the option we were considering for our space colony was uh, lining it with water that we were going to use um, because water's actually, like you said, such a good um, radiation absorber. So like it would actually protect you and then also, you know, be your water source. Um, the question of irradiated water, is a, that's a good one, but um, yeah, I don't know. Here's, here's, here's how we'll... We'll move on. Uh, if you would drink the water from the uh, C-type asteroid, um, please comment. I would drink the water on the next post on the Space Chance Instagram. 
um yeah uh so then the, the to, to to continue to move on um luxembourg was going to be my 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 next thing uh luxembourg is setting itself up as being the leader in the asteroid mining um industry uh and they kind of as far as countries yeah as far as right. countries as far as countries they right. they want to be the leader um and I think this is like, it's the weirdest country you'd think would come out with this statement. Uh, you know, it's Luxembourg. Maybe not the weirdest, but... Um, it's out of left field. You know? It's out of left field. It's not who you'd expect it. It's, it's kind of a dark horse, it seems. But, um, you know, they think it's I a good way to get ahead. Yeah. When countries... Are That's thinking, ballsy. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Um, I respect it. I respect it. Yeah, they had some. They were working with Deep Space Industries and then uh, another company called Planetary Resources for a while, and kind of uh, making moves. Um, I think that's been stifled a bit. Uh, Planetary Resources has kind of fallen apart a little bit, and uh, Deep Space Industries I think is fine, um, but it's all it's all been kind of slowed at the moment. Mm. But, you can't rush things. Yeah, you can't rush things. We're still rooting for Luxembourg, and they're 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 you know they got things in motion, and uh, we're rooting for them. But everybody's everybody's getting some skin in the game, so you know it's it's another race. It's a race for resources, and I'm 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 all I'm here for it. I appreciate the good faith that a that a country is showing towards the industry well, by investing in it. I I yeah that that's. My question, like, are they developing anything themselves or are they investing in other companies? Like, well, from what it seemed like is they were investing in deep space industries and planetary resources and things, other companies like that. And also, I believe they're working with the European Space Agency um, to kind of put things in motion. Um, I'm not sure if they're actually, they, I'm sure they're, they were a big producer of uh, satellites for a while so i'm sure they're they're putting things in motion but they're working with other country uh, com companies i think and other entities okay yeah so i don't know maybe i have a strange conception of like what this looks like for spacex it's pretty clear spacex is pretty self-contained in my mind and then the u.s has nasa right nasa generally does stuff through its own means i it's kind of weird to think about what it looks like for a country without a big a big enough space program to do this kind of you know research and development yeah well i think a lot of like even with the united states nasa has there's a lot of collaboration in the space world nobody can do it all um mm. uh and it's definitely becoming more commercial um as we move further into this obviously spacex is kind of spacex has a lot of technology that nasa doesn't have um so there's a lot of collaboration, but yeah, I would, I would be interested to see what it's like, uh, especially the European space agency. It fascinates me too, because there's so many different countries that they are, you know, they work with. And, um, so it's that, that, that's all pretty cool too. Um, but another thing, uh, that fascinates me, um, it's kind of like a key part to this whole thing is, uh, how they're going to do these things. And Conrad, you kind of touched on this a little bit with the, you know, a trans astro and the speed type. Oh, yeah. Yeah, asteroids and stuff. Um, they're going to like heat up the water and use it and stuff like that. And that, that's like a way uh, they're looking into uh, 
using the asteroids and stuff, but there's like a bunch of different ways they're looking into it. They're looking into like surface mining, which is pretty self-explanatory. You know, you're taking things off the surface of the asteroid, but there's still a lot that goes into that. Uh, shaft mining, you know, digging into well, okay. the asteroid, taking out. Hold on. Oh, Before we go too far, I think uh, your audience should be apprised to the situation. Uh, asteroids are not what they appear like you you'd expect them to be like a big rock in space right but i kind of always thought of and as we were talking as we've been talking about this it's, it's been like hinted at i guess that that's not the case no they're because the the way the solar system formed it was just a bunch of gaseous particles uh or just like little particulates floating around in space and then gravity slowly collected them and so you end up with these big dust piles basically that are weakly held together by their own gravity so like surface mining and shaft mining sound good on earth because we have gravity but you have to deal with how you're going to attach yourself to the asteroid without just tearing it apart and that's not a trivial concern hmm yeah, nothing's trivial about a place where you can't breathe and you, you know, it's dark and it's scary and it's cold and, you know. No, no one can hear you scream. Yeah, no one can hear <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so, but there's other ways to do it. Yeah, there's other yes, ways indeed. to get that stuff out of there. And that would, the other ways that we're talking about today are magnetic raking, heating, and then self-replicating. But we yeah. can, yeah, so... I think we talked about magnetic raking and we were like, you know, like how would that work? You're only getting like the little, the little bits of dust particles that are coming off there. Um, but we think magnetic raking would probably be best used on an S type, an S type asteroid, the one with like iron, nickel and cobalt, because those things are all magnetic. So that just makes the most sense. Um, for, for your audience, um, have you ever like put a magnet in the soil and you get a bunch of like dust, like, black particles on it that those particles collected were iron that was just present in the soil and that's basically what we what some people want to do for extracting minerals huh. and metals so yeah I'd, it works here yeah it'll work there yeah good point it simple. seems a pretty good way yeah simple simple elegant it's very it seems very nasa yeah very the martian-esque they like uh, reliability over there they, it reminds me of the, um, the montage when, you know, he says in the movie, Mark Watney says, well, they want me to cut a hole in the top of the rover. And they're doing <laughs> it on Earth and they tell him to do it on there. And it's, they're just cutting a hole and jumping through the top. And it's mm -hmm. the same thing. It's like, we're going to poke it with a magnet and then we're going to get some off of it. And that's what we're going to do. <laughs> you know? And it's like, these are the smartest people in the world. And that's, you know, I could be doing this in my yard. Uh, obviously, <laughs> I won't be doing it in space. Um, well, well, nobody, the, nobody would be the um, autonomous uh, spacefaring vehicle that you'd need to do this. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And also, nobody would give you millions of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> to be clear, nobody, Jim. Why not? Yes. Nobody would give you millions <laughs> Why wouldn't they? Um, yeah. yeah. I've seen you rake, Jim. Okay. <laughs> um, throwing shade, throwing shade. Yes. Indeed. What about brotherly love, guys? Come on. Yeah, there's none of it. There's none of it. Um, I'll tell you, 
I'll tell you what I can do though. I I can I can heat you up. You know, I can get it. <laughs> and, okay. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, and that's our next. You, you know, that's our next version of extraction that we're talking about. Heating. And nice and steamy. Yeah. Now, nice and steamy. Conrad, yes. Yes or no? This is formal name optical mining, correct? Um. Oh. Put me on the spot. I have no clue. Well, that's my guess. I, I asked. Yeah. I think I think that's true. I think optical mining generally refers to extracting volatile substances via, you know, if, if vaporizing them. Correct. Well, no, no, no. Optical mining is specifically using optics to concentrate and focus right, light. That makes more sense. That makes more right. sense. Right. Yeah. But uh, I don't know what to call heating. But basically, the idea is that. You have uh, these volatiles. Volatiles just mean uh, substances that have reasonable boiling points. So like uh, iron has a boiling point of like thousands of degrees, uh, but like you yeah, can boil if... off water at, <laughs> at something reasonable where you're not working with a bunch of lava. So uh, it allows for a lot simpler, less mechanical uh, methods of extracting resources. And you can use uh, these things called cold traps or cryo traps that uh, just like water condensing, water vapor in the air condensing on a cold glass, uh, these volatiles will condense into a cryo trap. And then in the, you can in use the what, Conrad? What? In the air? Oh. Is there air? Oh. No, no, no. I'm, I was making an analogy. Sure. Oh, okay. I actually, I, I, I'm sorry. He might have been. I just like, went along with you. Have it. your cold I'm, glass. I've been getting yeah. ganged up a lot, so I went along with Will. <laughs> wow, it hurts. All right, yeah, heating, whatever. The best thing that we're gonna talk about. Actually, I I'm gonna bring in another one that I haven't talked about before, but I love it. Um, but we'll talk about self-replicating first. Essentially, we're gonna send something there. It's gonna take up the resource that it has. It's gonna, you know, re like 3D print itself and then make another one. And then those two will make another one and those two will make another one. And then it'll keep mining, keep mining, keep mining exponentially. And uh, it's fantastic. And it's very science fiction-y, very Asimovian and I love it. Very Carl Sagan. Oh yeah. It's the kind of thing Asimov <laughs> would, would, would write a story that ends terribly about really. Yes, I mean, somehow the Yes, yeah, somehow the AI yeah, would make one of the about, Yeah, the three about a machine that makes another version of itself that then makes another version of itself. Uh, if we add in any type of, of AI in there, that's just a recipe for disaster. Yeah, I we, actually think that Conrad, you might be able to back me up on this. Is that the theorized end of the universe that some some self-replicating micro bot uh, consumes all the matter in the well, universe? Okay, so the reason I said it was Carl Sagan-esque, I should say it's not Carl Sagan-esque. He, uh, I believe it was him who spoke out against using, uh, th these are called like Van Neumann probes, the idea of self-replicating probes to explore the universe. He said that uh, we should not use them because it does lead to an end of the universe scenario where everything just gets consumed and turned yeah. into paper clips or whatever. <laughs> And that's why but, we should do it. Essentially, what you're saying is the, yeah. one, the first robot, it melts up some iron, builds the second robot, and then they're both mining away at gold, and then we keep taking it from them, and then they both look at each other, and they go, beep, beep, boop, beep, beep. <laughs> and then they, they, they take over the universe, 
that sounds great. Um, I'm, I'm all for it. Uh, very sky. Yeah. Uh, I love it. I, for right. one, welcome our Van Newman probe overlords. Yes, of course. All right. All right. Now, the, the last one that I'm going to discuss uh, that I haven't really thrown in there before, it's kind of a way of harvesting an asteroid, but they're thinking about like big nets and then they catch asteroids and they bring them back to either the moon's orbit or Earth's orbit and then they mine them from there. And I think that's like hilarious, but I, but I like it a lot. I think it's hilarious in like a bad way because it seems just like a huge waste of money. <laughs> well, not if, not necessarily if, I mean, I don't it's know. It's like if they're thinking about it, how, okay, how, how ridiculous could it be? Okay. You, there's this movie where they like find gold in the mountains, right? The equivalent of bringing an asteroid back to uh, earth to mine or like the moon to mine would be picking up the entire mountain and taking it back to like, I don't know, Washington, D.C. to go and get the gold out. To be clear, you just said there's a movie about finding gold in the mountains. Yeah. That's not a very helpful reference. There's, there's gold in them bar hills. What movie are you talking about? Uh, I don't know. Okay. There's a movie. There's a movie. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> there's a movie with a guy with a face, Conrad. The high yeah. sleepers. Is that? Is that? Could that be it? High, like, uh, Humphrey Bogart. Anyway, I'm sorry. I don't wow, know. that has never been important ever, and including in this. There's movie. a snake in my hey. boot. Oh my gosh. Well, I like it, and you know, you can forget about it. Well, you know, the, uh, places, uh, the places we'd be looking for asteroids, it would be like the asteroid belt or asteroids near the moon, near Earth and also near the moon. So it's not crazy to think about. Well, near is relative. Look, near, far, wherever you are. Wherever well, you are. So let, let me try to convince that we shouldn't do this. There's like thousands, they want to move thousands of tons in space. And just to get the fuel and the engines up there to move those thousands of tons, you have to spend millions, probably billions of dollars just well, to get the stuff in the, into space. I think, I think this is kind of like... Go to hell, Conrad. I agree with Conrad because the goal here is not to bring stuff back to Earth, right? That's, not, that's, that's a goal, I guess. But the most important goal is to find out how to use it in space to go further in space so you don't have to come back and forth like in make make processes and missions that are independent of earth eventually right that just have resources and organization and autonomy not ai but like something that can build something that then serves a purpose not on earth right yeah that's the goal well, so, well, why would you bring all the stuff back to earth to then send it away that, 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 screw you guys screw you guys okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no well you bring up a good point um one of the great advantages of asteroid mining and manufacturing in space, well, they kind of go hand in hand because you, you consume it where you produce it is the most efficient, um, is that it puts, it like kind of punts the ball on pollution. So you don't have to deal with on earth pollution, you just have to deal with space pollution now. So if you can manufacture your widgets in space, and then send them back to Earth. We can have like a little utopia here. Oh wow! I didn't even think of that. That's 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 a step further than I was thinking. Yeah. So none of the coal nonsense. You don't have to process any materials. You can keep all your bad chemical spills in space. And you know what? I don't know how serious, how how high a rate uh, they're they're 
I don't know how how fast we produce carbon monoxide as a as a, a result of our um, activities. But there was another method that I won't talk much about. Uh, I forget the the, the name. Um, oh, it'll come back to me. But way to bring up a topic. It was a method. It was, sorry, sorry. It was a method where they run uh, carbon monoxide over the surface of the um, of the asteroid. And the MOND process. The MOND process, thank you. Um, and they kind of, the, the carbon monoxide combines with iron and other metals, and they actually can extract metal by just like running gas over the asteroid and then collecting the resultant fumes, basically. So cool use for carbon monoxide in space if we were to you know use internal combustion engines in space. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, we're uh, on, we're, we're we're almost out of time here. Um, I think our the big takeaway is about asteroid mining. One, uh, it's a you know it's it's wealth. Uh, you know we're trying to create things. We're trying to expand. It's all our, about that cash money. It's all about that cash money. Exactly. Uh, secondary, it's uh, for further ex exploration. Um, you know, you got to fuel the fire. Uh, you gotta, you know, you gotta put coal, you know, you gotta, you gotta shovel coal into the train, you know, and make it go for <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so future exploration, um, and then hopefully, uh, the two robots go beep, boop, bop, bop, and end it all, and then we don't have to talk about any of this anymore. You are missing the mark there, my friend. I don't, I don't, I don't want that. Oh, okay, fair enough. Well, What's wrong with Hal? Come on. Yeah, yeah, but, um, guys... This has been great. Uh, it's been a, it's been a great episode of Space Jams, I'll say. Uh, asteroid mining, awesome thing. Love talking about it, Conrad. It was great to have you on. It was great to be here. Thank you for having me. Will uh, and I'd just like to say, oh yeah, hey, 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 I'd just like to say this episode was sponsored by the color blue and the number two. Oh, nice, nice, good. We wow. we, we try to stay away from real companies, but we we feel like we need sponsors. Hope there are no companies. Oh, are you? Either of those things. Blue and two are great entities. I can't believe you'd say that. Exactly. Yes. Number. I, let's be the number two, and then the color blue, as as general as it gets. Those are our sponsors of today's episode. And uh, Will, of course, great to have you back. Um, uh, it was a good episode. You had some good input. Love to hear it from you. You look great. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. I feel I feel outclassed, honestly, uh, by our our guest here, Connor. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, everybody, thanks for listening. And of course, uh, try to go back uh, and uh, comment on the Space Champs post, the Instagram post about uh, if Will was wrong, I believe was one of them. And if you would drink the water, we'd love to hear from you. Um, you know, we hope you enjoyed the episode and always remember to keep looking up. All righty. Peace out. <laughs>